Hello everyone, welcome back to my podcast and the art of seduction. So we're kind of creeping up now to the um, ideal lover. Let's have a reminder of this. Most people have dreams in their youth that get shattered, worn down with age. They find themselves disappointed by people, events, reality, which cannot match their youthful ideals. Ideal lovers thrive on people's broken dreams, which become lifelong fantasies. They long for romance, adventure, lofty spiritual communion. The ideal lover reflects your fantasy. He or she is an artist in creating the illusion you require. Idealising your portrait in a world of disenchantment and baseness. There is limitless seductive power in following the path of the ideal lover. The romantic ideal. One evening around 1760, at the opera in the city of Cologne, a beautiful young woman sat in a box, watching the audience. Beside her was her husband, the town's burgomaster, a middle-aged man, and amiable enough, but dull. Through her opera glasses, the young woman noticed a handsome man wearing a stunning outfit. Evidently, her stare was noticed, for after the opera, the man introduced himself. His name was Giovanni Giacomo Casanova. The stranger kissed the woman's hand. She was going to a ball the following night. She told him would he like to come. If I might dare to hope, madame, he replied that you will dance only with me. The next night, after the ball, the woman could think only of Casanova. He had seemed to anticipate her thoughts, had been so pleasant and yet so bold. A few days later, he dined at her house, and after her husband had retired for the evening, she showed him around. In a boudoir, she pointed out a wing of the house, a chapel, just outside her window. Sure enough, as if he had read her mind, Casanova came to the chapel the next day to attend Mass. Seeing her at the theatre that evening, he mentioned to her that he had noticed a door there that must lead to her bedroom. She laughed and pretended to be surprised. In the most innocent of tones, he said that he would find a way to hide in the chapel the next day, and almost without thinking, she whispered she would visit him there after everyone had gone to bed. At first sight, a girl does not make such a deep impression on a person that she awakens the ideal. Then, ordinarily, the actuality is not especially desirable. But if she does, then no matter how experienced a person is, he usually is rather overwhelmed. So Casanova hid in the chapel's tiny confessional, waiting all day and evening. There were rats, and he had nothing to lie upon. Yet when the burgomaster's wife finally came late at night, he did not complain, but quietly followed her to a room. They continued their tryst for several days. By day, she could hardly wait for night. Finally, something to live for, an adventure. She left him food, books and candles to ease his long and tedious stays in the chapel. It seemed wrong to use a place of worship for such purpose, but that only made the affair more exciting. 
A few days later, however, she had to take a journey with her husband. By the time she got back, Casanova had disappeared as quickly and as gracefully as he had entered her life. Some years later, in London, a young woman named Miss Pauline noticed an ad in the local newspaper. A gentleman was looking for a lady lodger to rent part of his house. Miss Pauline came from Portugal and was of nobility. She had eloped to London with a lover, but he'd been forced to return home and she had to stay on a loan for some while before she could join him. Now she was lonely and had little money and was depressed by her squalid circumstances. After all, she had been raised as a lady. She answered to the ad, of course she did. The gentleman turned out to be Casanova. What a gentleman he was. The room he offered was nice. The rent was low and he only asked for occasional companionship. Miss Polly moved in. They played chess, went riding, discussed literature. He was so well-bred, polite and generous. A serious and high-minded girl, she came to depend on their friendship. He was a man she could talk to for hours. Then one day Casanova seemed changed, upset, excited. He confessed that he was in love with her. She was going back to Portugal soon to rejoin her lover. And this was not what she wanted to hear. She told him he should go riding to calm down. Later that evening she received news. He had fallen from his horse. Feeling responsible for his accident, she rushed to him. She found him, of course, in bed and fell into his arms, unable to control herself. The two became lovers that night and remained so for the rest of Miss Pauline's stay in London. Yet when it came time for her to leave for Portugal, he did not try to stop her. Instead, he comforted her, reasoning that each of them had offered the other the perfect temporary anecdote for their loneliness and that they would be friends. Friends for an eternity and, obviously, a lifetime. Now, as you can see, we will continue with the story when we do come back. But as you can see so far, what's happening here, the ideal lover is just that. For that amount of time only, they are the ideal lover. But yet, they will make no true commitment. No hmm, long-term stability, right? They will just be the ideal lover for that amount of time. And they will generally only go for the married women or the women who are attached and they know it's going to be difficult for them to stay with him, let's say, or with her. And the truth is, that's what he wants, or she wants. The elder lover wants that release after a while to move on to the next. So, they can make you fall in love with them, but they do not intend to stay. Not for the long haul, anyway. Thank you for listening to this part of The Art of Seduction. We will continue with Casanova when we come back. Many blessings.